0: Then you will truly be successful Turn the page And we know all things work together for the good Try to work together The good Try to work together oh. And we know all things work together for the good Try to work together The good to those who love God that word on your lips Love God Keep us on your to those who are on oh, your to, his purpose. to do purpose. his purpose It's his not
1: mine It's day three of our 90-day challenge and we're unpacking purpose day by day. The topic for your consideration today is waiting to be remembered. Genesis, the 40th chapter, and the first verse reads in this way, Some time later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, Each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in the dream, I saw a vine in front of me and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position and will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker, saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation he said to Joseph i too had a dream on my head were 3 baskets of bread and the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for pharaoh but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head this is what it means joseph said the 3 baskets are 3 days within 3 days pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat away your flesh Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph has said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Genesis 41 and 1. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. That ends our reading for today. And the topic again is waiting to be remembered. So I needed a catchy title. That's the truth. I needed something that would stick. And after reading the words, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph He forgot him. The movie Waiting to Exhale popped in my mind. Waiting to Exhale was an American romance film directed by Forrest Whitaker in 1995, adapted from Terry McMillan's novel about four friends who connect as sisters over the same problem. None of them can keep a man. Angela Bassett's character, Bernadine, is the mother of two children who has the picture-perfect life until her husband announces that he is ending their 11-year marriage for his Caucasian bookkeeper. The random thought I had after reading Joseph's story in Genesis about the movie Waiting to Exhale then triggered another thought now i am totally distracted i am reminiscing on how good the movie was and i'm thinking about whitney houston's voice and i'm thinking about my mother who played by cassette the waiting to exhale theme song otherwise known as shoot 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 i mean y'all we shoot on saturday we shoot on sunday i was shooping and didn't even know what shoot meant and here i am now reminiscing over these memories and i'm thinking "Mm, there has to be a connection So I search for Waiting to Exhale on YouTube, and I stumble upon this memorable scene where Bernadine has enough. She is done. And I don't know if you remember it, but she literally burns her husband's clothes in the car. At this moment, Stella, Anna Mae, and all of Angela Bassett's best portrayals are personified in this scene.
0: This mother is psychotic. That you serial killers less anal. One, two, three years. I need you to be the f- background in my foreground. <laughs> Seven thirty-two. Seven thirty-two. They don't want them to be improperly influenced. Well, guess what, John? You're the
1: Y'all, that scene gets me every single time. I mean, she meant that thing. And these are all the colliding and contrasting thoughts that I am sitting with as I am preparing this message today on purpose. And then it hit me. I got a revelation. I'm gonna title this particular thought, not waiting to exhale, but waiting to be remembered because many of us relate to these four women in this film who have been waiting to exhale you see Bernadine Harris is frustrated because she can no longer live in this politically correct world she has to burn some things up and in the same way you're at the brink of burning some things up in the same way if you're honest you don't need one more church killy Shay you are good on that you don't need one more thing giving you false hope now nah, You're good on that. You are waiting to exhale because you are waiting to be remembered. That's the link, my friends, between Joseph in the Bible and Bernadine in this movie. Both know what it's like to be forgotten about. Both cannot reconcile how life has left them in a prison bereft of purpose and passion. You see, sometimes I've come to discover that purpose is a maze. Initially, it seems random. But in retrospect, the connections are as clear as day. Just like Angela Bassett's character, you've been holding your breath. And just like Joseph, you've been waiting for the bottom to fall out. Why? Because yesterday it was a pit. Today it's a prison. And so you're looking at God saying, now what else, God? What else I literally cannot take anymore? You're uptight. You're emotionally spent. And you are sexually frustrated. Yes, I said it. You are about to implode. Life isn't making sense. The easy answers don't work anymore. At this point, you're just over it. You're even amazed that you're doing a challenge right now because you haven't wanted to do anything like this in a long time. You're over all of the churchianity. You've never been this indifferent. You've never been this sardonic and unbothered. No. Yet everyone thinks you are sitting on top of the world with your fancy little coat, Joseph. Listen, come close so we can be honest. It's just you and me talking right now. Have you ever regretted the fact that you were favored? I mean, I know, I know you're grateful. I know God has blessed you, but can we be honest? Have you ever had a day when you kind of just wish nobody knew your name? You just want to be normal. You just want to have a regular life. But somehow, way, God won't leave you alone. So it is favor, not failure that has created this space of indifference. It is favor, not failure, that makes you run in the opposite direction. Joseph is a perfect witness for people who have never asked to be this gifted. Joseph comes from a big family. He's one of the youngest of eight. And from birth, his father treated him differently. Joseph is the prize child. He's the child who gets all the attention. His dad was a dreamer and Joseph is a dreamer. When we first meet him, he's spilling the beans about a dream he's had. He tells his brothers about it, but this dream makes it appear that he will rule over them and his brothers don't take kindly to that. So from that moment on, they plot to detonate his destiny. Imagine what it must have been like to be Joseph, confiding in blood relatives who want your head on a platter, pouring your heart to family members who wait until you leave the room to scheme against you. Imagine, dinner at Jacob's house. Joseph gets up to wash his hands. As soon as he leaves, his brothers sigh, I can't stand that kid. I wish he would just sit down somewhere. He's always walking around with that stupid coat. He gets on my nerves. Joseph walks back in. The room gets silent. He knows they've been talking about him, but he can't move out. He can't get his own apartment. They are his family. They are the ones who should be covering him, yet they are the ones conspiring against him. Sure, Joseph may have friends. He may even have a great relationship with his dad. But when your brothers treat you like the infected kid with an infectious disease nobody wants to touch, it produces a void few people understand. Why? Because they've never been the chosen child. They've never been the person whom others call to save the day. You see, everybody wants to be Joseph, except Joseph. Everybody wants to be popular. Nobody wants to pay for it. Everybody thinks Joseph's end made his beginning worth it. But if you spent one day in Joseph's shoes, I think you prefer to be the overlooked brother any day. If I interviewed Joseph, I believe he would say, Sean, all my life. I've been waiting to be remembered. My father loved me but did not protect me. My brother smiled in my face and planned to murder me behind my back. Potiphar's wife lied on me. The cupbearer made a promise in his valley that he forgot to keep in the mountain. The chief cupbearer, says scripture, did not remember Joseph, he forgot him. The cupbearer got amnesia, but in Joseph's mind, God forgot you put faith in a God who appears to have forgotten about you how do you embrace favor when all it brings are pits prisons and protracted promises Joseph is subjected to a prison for doing everything right have you ever felt punished for doing everything right but Joseph doesn't fight the process his favor follows him to the prison the prison is where joseph's purpose grows up pre-prison joseph is just a dreamer in prison joseph becomes an interpreter post-prison joseph becomes governor follow this logic once more pre-prison joseph is riding on the waves of his father's gift jacob his dad was a dreamer so arguably jacob passed his gift down to his son but in the prison joseph walks into the fullness of his calling what i know about purpose is this sometimes god will allow others to lock you up in order to grow you up and sometimes god will allow people to falsely accuse you so that when you get to the prison you can graduate from dreamer to interpreter some gifts can only be developed in solitary confinement some lessons can only be taught after you have experienced them yourself. Even in this, there is insulation for your isolation. Joseph did nothing wrong to deserve the prison, but if he didn't go to prison, he would have never known the greater gifts God had been developing inside of him. What if the loneliest season of your life happened because God wanted to graduate your passion to purpose? What if God allowed the cupbearers in your life To forget about you so god could spend more time developing you remember joseph was gifted but he didn't have one friend he could count on to post bail for him joseph was the biggest light in the room and the loneliest man in the world he was favored by god but forgotten about in a prison for two full years favored by god but falsely accused by the very people he helped the god who favored him did not free him when he thought he would be free He had no business being in that prison in the first place. After all, Joseph was innocent, and yet God did not rescue him. Joseph was waiting to be remembered. And if we're honest, most of us can handle the purpose of the prison. We can even accept the painful truth that sometimes God has to lock us up in order to grow us up. But what we cannot handle is when God seems to be playing with our emotions. What we can't handle is getting our hopes up and then being let down. I don't like it when I find myself running toward a treasure and realizing later it was just a trick. I don't like it when all of us can say I've been Joseph before because someone promised to remember us when they got out. And then after they used us, they forgot about us. Somebody promised to marry us and then they married our best friend. Somebody promised to put a good word out for us, but didn't keep their word to us. Now we're not just in prison. We also feel played. You liked me enough to use me, but you didn't love me enough to remember me. You pretended to be loyal long enough to get what you wanted from me, but when you got what you came for, you then left me in the very prison you would still be in without me. God is too much. I bet you wanna burn some things up, don't you? To every Joseph reading this, do not get bitter, get better. You are too close to the end of your overlooked season to remain stuck in yesterday. God will restore the years. God will make up for lost time. God will handle every cupbearer who didn't keep his word. Don't waste your energy trying to retaliate. God knows the right time to bring you out of prison and sometimes God allows human disappointment so you can see it wasn't man who anointed you in the first place. If the cupbearer had kept his word, Joseph may have felt obligated to keeping his dreams interpreted forever. What if God allowed the cupbearer to forget Joseph so Joseph's freedom would not be tied to another man's fingerprints? God knew the right time to free Joseph. And when that time came, God made the king dream a dream nobody else could interpret. God made the king sample every other source until he was so desperate for interpretation he had to go to the prison just to get it. And when he got there, Joseph's gift was ready for purpose. Joseph's gift opened the door for him to become second in command and the king became so trusting of Joseph that every business decision went through Joseph's office. Translation, prisons build purpose. They forgot you, but God remembered you. And in due time, You will fill every empty void because you've been there before. In due time, you will forgive your brothers because now you understand the big picture. And in due time, you will say thank you for the prison because without it, purpose wouldn't have graduated. So what is your purpose project for today? Consider your prisons. Journal every lesson you've learned as a result of someone else forgetting about you. Chart every timeline you've had and every delayed season you've experienced. Could it be that purpose is being revealed through the delay? Did the delay upgrade anything in your life? Your gift, your calling, your clarity, your passion? Write God a thank you letter from your prison and consider the growth you have encountered that you didn't see as growth until this moment. Remember, most of all, that God has not forgotten about you. Let's pray. God, thank you for remembering me. Thank you for seeing me. Some days this prison feels like purgatory, but I'm going to wait on you. Help me to trust you when I feel overlooked. When regret tries to grip my heart, I will recall these truths to my mind. You are in control. You have not forgotten and you always provide in Jesus name. Amen.
0: I'm going to wait on you.